So hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. Um, I'm Amber Winston, and today I have the most beautiful, magical woman here with us to talk about some really fun, exciting things. Um, I want to welcome Ashley Hall Ducey to the show. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I'm super stoked to be here. Awesome. Um, so I just wanted to give a little bit of a background, you know, why I decided to start this project was really because I feel like sacred rituals or ceremonies um, or just dancing within the mythic um, has really kind of been lost or stripped from our society. Um, if you look at certain religions, you know, they still have strong traditions and ceremony and ritual, but I feel like for the general public, we've kind of just lost that in our day-to-day -day lives. And so it's really, um, my curiosity that got me started on this project where I wanted to learn about all different cultures, what their rituals, what their ceremonies are, specifically as it relates to healing. Um, and, and that's really why I just started, decided to start this project. Um, what I can't wait to talk to you about today is creativity. Um, Ashley is an internationally recognized wood-burning mandala artist. Um, an art teacher. And so when we think about being in the mythic or rituals or creativity, I think you are like the best person to talk to. So the first question that I have for you is kind of a, just a fun intro question. Um, what is your sign? What is my sign? I'm an Aquarius. Of course you are. <laughs> do you relate to that sign? I do, because a lot of it's associated with the wind. Um, and I feel a lot of that presence in my life. I feel a lot of expansion that wind brings, movement, growth, connection, creativity. So I feel a lot of connection to my sign, definitely. I feel like I'm a tri pri tried and true Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the most, most Aquarian friends that I have are very creative, stylish. Like they are just in that feminine, you know, expression, which is really fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, that flow. Uh, okay. So my next question is, what is your ideal morning or evening ritual? I always journal. Um, that's through and through. If, if I could answer one, it's always journaling. I have been journaling for the past nine years, like every single morning. And every day it takes different shapes, but I can always depend on showing up to my journal for at least 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes, dependent on just kind of the inspiration that's flowing that day. But that's a ritual that I've used um, beyond any other ritual meditation. I do like practicing that as well. But that's one I've always been able to depend on to bring me to that connection of listening and being in flow with my creativity and in harmony with just the goodness that I'm drawing into my experience. So that's my go-to number one, huge advocate for journaling, you know, just speaking good feelings and gratitude first thing in the morning. It really lays that foundation for drawing so much goodness. Mm. I think that I love that. So Kind of walk us through what that looks like. So you're opening up a beautiful journal that you have, and I imagine you're sitting somewhere comfy. Is it just free flowing 
writing? Do you have prompts? Like how, what, what does it really entail? Like a little bit more of the detail. Yeah. So for, I think for everyone, it's different. And I really love to teach on it. I, one of the major things that I always teach about journaling is not overthinking it. And mm -hmm. I've developed, and as you journal over years and years and years, you kind of develop a different way of journaling. So in the beginning of my journaling, for example, um, when I was like 20 years old, I was journaling a lot about what I wanted. So, and speaking as though it had already happened, something that I like to call mm -hmm. scripting. And it was very basic. It was like, my name is Ashley Hall. I live in Santa Monica. I want this. I'm doing this. I, you know, it's, it was very uh, surface based of what it was I wanted to feel and attract into my life. And as I've progressed on, I'd say that my journaling, it has just become a lot more poetic. It's a lot more in alignment with how I wish to feel every single day and what I want to give off to the people around me. So I always, I just sit down. I'm yeah, usually in a really comfortable place, somewhere that feels freeing to me and comfortable and safe. And I just kind of start, I always start with, I'm so happy and grateful now that I feel, you know, the wisdom of God flowing through me in every single moment. You know, my presence mm. here now and and I just kind of free flow. So it's become more poetic and I've definitely been able to progress into that. Uh, but that's how I journal personally. I think that's great. And I think it's um, so inspiring for anybody that might be listening to this that have thought, oh, I, you know, I should try a journal thing. You know, I think that that just makes it so accessible that it doesn't have to be anything really difficult. It's just you, a nice piece of paper, a beautiful pen, yeah. and just some time for yourself, really, just to sit and be. And maybe you're just doodling at first, but then things yeah. might start to flow. Absolutely. And one major thing for anyone listening to this who wants to get involved with journaling and maybe is having a challenging time. Um, the only thing that you can that you truly need to focus on when you're opening yourself onto those pages is the intention to feel good. That's all you need to write about is just feeling good. It doesn't need to be about a specific thing or it doesn't need to, you know, sound a certain way. It's only you and those pages. And all it is about is you creating more goodness and overflow in your vibration. Mm. I love that. Now, what would you say, I'm curious, since you've been journaling for nine years, do you have all of your journals from nine years ago? Like, do you keep them? Okay, so, I mean, a lot of people ask me that. They're like, well, do you burn them? Like, is it a ritual for you to burn them? And I'm like, you know what? That's great. If you want to do that, great. But I've personally kept, like, all of them. But, and I don't really know why I might kind of start purging them or letting them go, but my journey's been such a big one in terms of mm. the amount that I've been able to progress spiritually, emotionally, um, in every way of my life. So I've always kind of held on to them, especially that first journal, because my life, I started journaling when I made a huge shift and a huge change and took that leap of faith and had a lot of just, you know, faith in the universe and God and divine. And so I really, I really enjoy keeping my journals just as like an ode to like knowing my words and my wisdom and how they've been able to progress. So mm -hmm. me personally, I yeah. have not searched them, but maybe, you know, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just curious. That might be a lot of journals that you have somewhere. So I need to kind of probably start going through them, but. Yeah. Well, it's also probably nice to maybe reflect back and like you can take that moment and really just be proud of your journey and how far you've come. And, um, and if that's supporting you, I mean, I think that's a great, that's a great thing to do. Um, I, I've had old journals, um, and old pieces of like memorabilia from previous relationships. And I actually went through a big purge of like previous, um, a couple of years back and just by purging that kind of old stuff that was holding me into the past allowed me to move forward in, in with my current relationship. So was, um, I, there was space for me in that moment that was needed for me to move forward into what is now my marriage. But it was kind of like this lingering thing about, I think I need to get rid of some of that past yes. stuff. So and I'm all for that. I, I think that's, yes, that's like, absolutely. Because when yeah. you write things, you are writing it into physical form. So it does have energy. It does have substance. It does have hold over you in some capacity. So I, that's, mm -hmm. that's amazing that that's, you found that connection and we're able to kind of create a release from it. Absolutely. And I love what you said just about um, the practice of journaling that really it's the intention to feel good. And so you're really writing things that are in the positive. You know, this isn't necessarily a dear diary. My life is the worst. You know, this isn't that place. It's, I just want to make sure we're making that distinction. This is, this is for like conscious, feel good appreciation and gratitude. Is that correct? That is totally correct. I, whenever I sit down, I look at my journal as not a place, which has been, a, I've been also working with that as well, but I've looked at my journal as a place that's only for my highest self. It is the highest form of Ashley Hall Ducey there is, and that's the space I'm creating there. Yeah, that's, that's the way I've looked and I felt about my journals and they've allowed for exponential just alignment with being able to attract towards me what I desire and create and give and, and provide value in ways that I, I don't think I would have been able to navigate without journaling and without aligning first with my journal and my scripting and all of that. Mm, yeah, like connecting to your higher self, like who, what would that person say? Or how does that person want to show up? I'm super inspired. I think I need to get my journal out. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get my journal out. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, okay, so that's, that's, you've described your morning kind of ritual. What about the evening? Is there anything that you do at the end of the day to kind of unwind and bring you back? Um, you know, I really enjoy reading. So I've been getting into bed pretty early. I've always been more of an early bird. So has my husband. So we've been very compatible in that way. way. Um, I actually read a lot of fiction novels, which is funny, but I've discovered those this year. And I was always very resistant on them because I didn't think I was learning anything or, you know, I was very much about personal growth books and things like that. And once I really freed myself from that, like limiting belief, I picked up some fiction books. I like historical fiction and mm -hmm. it really opened up this creative aspect of me and this joy within me for reading that hasn't been there in a really long time. 
So usually I'll just read a little bit before bed. Um, yeah, and I like to five minutes before bed, just really get into my present moment awareness, breathe, set the intention for my sleep is something I mm. really find a lot of value in. So I can wake up that next morning feeling in alignment and flow with what I kind of set right before I close my eyes. So I also do that. I do a five minute ritual of just breathing, intention setting, and imagination. I use a lot of that time to just daydream and mm. just enjoy, you know, pulling into my experience things that haven't happened or things I'm cultivating um, and just imagining and having, you know, when you smile when you're thinking about something that hasn't happened. I take the time before I go to bed to do that. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Um, Okay, so now let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, when did you first realize that you were an artist? You know, I have this like significant moment in my life that I actually realized it. And I was probably nine years old and my mom had picked me up. I started doing uh, fine oil painting from a really young age. I was put into training at a young age, which I'm very blessed to be able to say that. So I painted like two or three days a week for four hours as a young person. Yeah, it was great. Um, my mom picked me up one day from my art class and I was like nine years old. And I remember I was in the backseat. It was just me and her. And I looked at her in the little rear view and I was like, mom, I feel so lucky. And she was like, well, why do you feel, why? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I found my passion in life. I found exactly what I'm supposed to be. And she was like, well, what is that? I was like an artist. Like, that's who I am. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I remember that moment so clearly. And I was, yeah, like nine years old. And wow. Yeah, it was, it was a thing. I've always, I've always been so attracted to being creative. Now, have you, have you been consistently an artist ever since, or did you veer down other pathways? Like, yeah. or was it just known at nine that this is what Ashley's doing and she's doing it? Yeah. So no, I wasn't consistent. So, and a lot of people maybe who are listening to this can also connect to this because I feel like it's a part of a lot of people's journey. Uh, it was for me, at least. My parents ended up splitting up when I was like 13. And it was a mm. really, my parents had like a 14 year divorce. So it was really traumatizing, a lot of energy. I ended up moving a few states away from where I'm from in Cal Southern California. So we moved across states. I there was a lot of turmoil and I stopped my mom kind of, we didn't do art classes. It's not really available at school. So I just kind of stopped doing art. Um, I was an athlete. So I kind of dove into doing that instead, which was great, but it wasn't till I was 21 or 22. So I took a long, it was probably from 12 to 22, 10 years that I didn't mm -hmm. start getting creative again. And when I started mm. finding my creativity again, I started remembering the, what I forgotten within those 10 years of what an integral part of creativity is for me. And I really started to give myself the opportunity to express myself and start seeing where that guided me. And that eventually guided me into wanting to really pursue what I was doing. And then eventually that led me to focusing on the teaching aspect of what creativity can do for the soul evolution, 
spiritual development, personal growth. So I really feel like art has been there for me to discover, but a huge piece to that is also being able to teach why it's so important to people. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's unpack that a little bit. Um, I'm curious to know how is art or being creative uh, helpful for people who want to deepen their spiritual practice or they want to heal from something? How, how does that relate? Well, through creativity, I mean, discovery and the most growth and, in my opinion, takes place in present moment awareness and being no other place but right here, right now you know, not in the future, not in the past of something, but really present in the emotion and the feeling and allowing the healing to take place within that space. And that's why creativity is such a huge and profound way of being able to incorporate that type of growth in present moment awareness that a lot of people aren't practicing because, you know, they believe they're not good at art or they've never done it but there is one, there is space for every single person, whether you're new to art, whether you've done art for years, there's always the opportunity within that space you create with creating for you to learn more about who it is you are. And sometimes for a lot of my students that are showing up to the pages, just think about it, you know, you're doing a project or you're trying to sketch a, a glass, a glass of water. And the moment you sit down to do it, all of these limiting beliefs come up. All of this inner dialogue comes up. You can't do that. That looks ridiculous. You're not a good artist. And that says a lot about how we're showing up every single day and the thoughts that are taking place in our inner dialogue every single day. So it's my belief that when you sit down to get creative and you let go and release, while also listening to that inner dialogue that's taking place, you can learn a lot about how you can show up in a bigger way and maybe things that you need to let go of in order to do so. That is so powerful because I, I was going to ask the question, you know, because I have a feeling that there's definitely people listening to this that are going to be going, Oh, this is so inspiring, but I'm not a creative person. Like, I don't know how to draw. I don't, you know, no, I'm like not creative. Right. Yeah. So they have this belief that they are not a creative person. Um, but maybe in the back of their mind, they're like, but I kind of am curious, like I, I'm into creativity, but I just don't think I'm a creative person. What would you say to somebody who is kind of stuck in that limiting belief pattern that maybe wants to pursue creativity? Well, I would, I would challenge, I wouldn't challenge them. That's not quite the right word, but you can't, we can't live in fear. You know, we can't live in, we're taught to live in this fear of being perfect, of not being able to fail. And that stops a lot of people from being creative. I know it stopped me for a really, really long time. Well, I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to create something that I'm going to be proud of. So I'm just going to limit myself from even going after it because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just tick away at my ego. I want it to stay intact. So we do that in every area of our life. And creativity is definitely an example of one of those. And I would just say, like, are you worth it? You know, are you worth it to just like let go for a moment? It's just like your journal when you're creating. It's just between you and what you're doing. Nobody has to see it, but it's about you showing up to the feeling and allowing mm. it to unlock certain aspects that 
you wouldn't otherwise be able to discover if you didn't take that moment to sit down to creativity and just let go of the expectation and like, you know what, I'm going to be here with this, no matter if I'm good or bad, I want to know what it has to say to me. And that curiosity, in my opinion, is growth. And it should be the forefront of what, where you're, where you should be taking your, your journey and discovery, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's just kind of, when you, when you say, you know, are you worth it? I mean, that really, I think strikes the chord, you know, because I, I definitely have related to always trying to be perfect, you know, get straight A's, go to college, be achieving, you know, success. And, um, and it wasn't until February of this year, I had a pretty massive failure. And that for me was like, life-changing because I had never really failed in the way that I failed in February and I've used it to then like propel myself forward so I call it failing forward but had I never given myself the chance or like dove off and like went into uncharted territory I would have never experienced that and gosh I can I would never know. And now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, so now I feel more acquainted with failure that it's okay. And um, I think if anybody wants to be more creative, just take that that leap of faith because, you know, this is such a beautiful process. Like being more creative is such a, I think, a life enhancing thing that there shouldn't be any fear around, you know, exploring your creativity. Yeah. And if there is fear there, it's even more reason to show up to it because you can start listening to what's happening in here and start understanding. Because the one thing I like to share that's a huge piece to me is that you can do personal growth and and work with spiritual masters or gurus or watch YouTube videos that are inspiring, have amazing people in your life there to support that conversation in your life. But that self-discovery aspect is a huge key. And to me, creativity is a huge piece of that self-discovery. It's allowing yourself to be there just with yourself and allow your mm-hmm. inner wisdom to teach you before anybody else does. Mm, yes, thank you for that. And I just think it ties in so nicely, like the ritual of creativity. You know, the ritual is really where we get into the mythic and we get out of the mind and the body. And it's like, we're in this, other kind of realm and you know making a cup of tea can be a sacred ritual like doing you know your journaling is a sacred ritual it's just allowing you like you said to connect to your own inner dialogue and yourself and see what shows up yeah and then and then eventually working to a place where it's just pure bliss where there's nothing happening here where you're just in flow with that creativity and connecting to Mm. lifetimes of ancestors who that was our what our whole entire world was based off of at one point, which is why I said yes to talking to you. It's like this conversation is so important to mm-hmm. moving forward in the world because it's something that's mm-hmm. getting so skewed and so lost. So I like yeah. commend you for this conversation because it's amazing. And yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I do want to just ask a couple more questions. Um, when we think about healing, is there, is there anything that you can share um, kind of on your own healing journey 
where the ritual of being creative has kind of propelled you forward into your kind of more sacred wholeness or back to yourself or whatever you want to call it. But is, is there any kind of story on your heart that wants to come forward about that? Yeah. So creativity in every single piece. So my wood burning, which is behind me, but my wood burning is a really slow process. It's not like painting. It's not quick. It's not, you know, it's a very slow process. So I have a lot of time to discover and every single piece always kind of unfolds something that I need to, to learn and a wisdom that's been untapped. And just a quick example of that, just to give you you know, an answer to the question would be, you know, I was working on a piece one time and I realized I, have, I had so much tension in my body because the way that I work with my wood burning is to just be perfect the entire time, which is also a way that I live my life because I'm just mm -hmm. like, I need to be perfect. And if I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. Right. So I was working on this piece and I just, I had so much tension. I was trying to do everything perfect. And then I messed up. And when you mess up on a wood burning, you know, you can't erase it and you can't cover mm -hmm. it up. So you kind of have to even it out and balance it out. And it puts on a lot more hours on the piece. So I messed up one time. I balanced it out. I started moving on to the next segment, the next portion, and I mess up again. So I have to add another few hours. And then I did it a third time. And I started wow. like looking at myself and I was like, okay, I'm getting the message. Like, let go. You can't expect to be perfect. You can't show up and be perfect because that's just creating stress and unnecessary resistance to just being here now and perfect and whole just as I am. And that, so mm -hmm. each piece kind of had a little way of being able to draw into my experience something I needed to know, which is actually what was able to progress me forward into starting to teach and speak about it more. You know, a lot of what I speak about or what I've learned has been through the hours I've spent in creation mode. Wow. Yeah. That's so great. I, I love that. And I, it's just nice little reminders, I think, for people. If kind of the same experience keeps showing up for them in their lives, mm -hmm. you know, it's showing up because maybe they haven't quite got the message or the lesson that they needed to learn from that. And just by having that awareness, having you share that story, I think is going to be really helpful for people because they're like, yeah, you know, the same thing keeps happening to me. It's like, well, what is it trying to tell you? <laughs> Have you asked it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, creativity allows you to get really aware and really hypersensitive to the messages that are coming through and listening. Yeah. Hearing them for sure. So my last question um, is, have you been working with any archetypes recently or have there been any archetypes that have come up for you recently or animals that you're kind of seeing that are connecting with you that you'd like to share? That's a good question. And nothing comes off the top of my head. So not necessarily. Um, I've always been really connected to the monarch butterfly. And that's been like mm -hmm. a consistent symbol or archetype that's always showed up for me. But correct me if I'm wrong, archetype could also be like a transitional phase of your life, right? In, in the maiden to the mother to... Yeah. Yeah. So I would say more so than maybe a symbol or an animal, um, the transition in my life of moving from maiden to mother and mm -hmm. inviting into my experience family and expansion and growth in that way 
has been something I've been cultivating for the past year. That's been an archetype mm-hmm. calling in. And it's been the, definitely a forefront of my intentions because when you choose to enter any chapter of your life, whether it's getting married or getting engaged or having children or, you know, your children are leaving school, whatever it is, to splitting up in a relationship, there's a huge shift that takes place in your body and your intentions are in moving through it or creating space for it. So I've been creating space for moving into that experience of my life the past like year. So that's an archetype I've been really calling in and and connecting to. I'm so happy that you shared that because I think what that says to me is, is you really have to kind of make the intention of, of what transition that you're moving into. Like you, in order for you to attract what it, maybe it's motherhood or whatever that is, you have to consciously start to tell yourself that's what you want to call in now. You can't just be kind of lackadaisically floating through life thinking that, oh, you know, maybe it might happen or whatnot. You have to be very conscious. And I share that because I felt the longest time when people would ask me like, oh, Amber, are you guys going to have kids? Do you want to have kids? I would kind of be like, meh, you know, like, we'll see. Who knows? And then I had the story wrapped around it, like, well, you know, I never really like wanted kids from like a young age. I never imagined like my wedding. I was not really one of those girls. I had the story around it. And I too am working through the same thing where I'm transitioning into, you know, maiden to mother. And with that, it's being very conscious that, yes, I do want to call in a family. And that took courage for me to like finally start to articulate or say that out loud. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Because I think that if anybody is wanting to shift or transition or call something new in, you really have to kind of draw the line in the sand and then start to say it or journal it or feel it or visualize it or just become it. Yeah. And move your energy in the space of the creation, the creation of it, you know? Like when you are making, setting that intention, instead of it happening to you, you're creating that path. And when you're setting those intentions, when you're calling it in, you're really, your energy is not separate from it, but a part of the experience. And when you can be a part of any experience, whether it's going through a breakup and it's challenging, but you're a part of it and your intention's there, your growth is there, your mindset's there, there's so much more capacity to learn on a deep level and also get the most out of the experience and for your child you know for my future child for your future child like you're setting that you're building that foundation and when you can build that foundation you're so much stronger for it you know you're there the universe the wisdom it's all there and so i i that i commend you for that i'm with you on that yes thank you okay that was good um so if there's anything else on your heart that you just want to share, um, sometimes these conversations bring up different things and you're like, oh, I really need to share this message that's coming forward. If there's any last little bit that you would like to share with us. You know, I'll keep it short and sweet, but for anybody listening, you know, ritual in any way, shape or form, like you said, it has the, the, the ability to tap into that inner well of inspiration that is infinite. It just is always lying there. And for most of us, or for most, it's lying dormant because we're not, we're not actively pursuing the sensation or the feeling of connection. 
And ritual is a great way of building that connection, building that relationship with divine in your life. So whatever it means for you, whether it means setting your ego aside and trying something new or waking up for a morning ritual, morning routine of journaling or tea or, you know, showing up to creativity or chat, whatever it means ritual wise, you know, challenge yourself to be there because your highest self is, is waiting right there. And that knowledge, that education, that learning, that wisdom, it's there. So that's all I would have to say. But <laughs> well said, beautifully said. And Ashley has an amazing um, gift that she wanted to share with us all, which is, I can't wait to do it myself. Um, she's created something with her husband, Jake, and it's called the Second Mind. Yeah. Basically, an experience, and you can elaborate on this, but my understanding is that it's an experience that you've created with your husband to really help us reprogram stuff that's going on in the subconscious mind. Um, and then through that experience, we can start to release those limiting beliefs that we've been talking about, any sabotaging programs, so that ultimately you can start to create a life or feel a way that is supportive for you. Is that an accurate description? Very accurate description. That's exactly, you know, when in early in our journey, because me and my husband have been together for since really the beginning of our journeys together, uh, we we struggled and we we struggled a lot with financially, emotionally, spiritually, finding our path and our way. And this this creation, the second mind was a part of that experience of being able to move ourselves away and out of that and more into the liberation of the value and who we really wanted to be in the world. So if you're looking for an experience to be able to help release some of those sabotaging beliefs or just something to teach you how to maybe move through it, this is just a great little free gift that I have for everyone listening to be able to just tap into that, see if it's something they want to pursue further. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your generosity, Ashley. And just for your and your beautiful light, um, being able to talk to you today. I know you're in Hawaii and you're glowing and you look so beautiful. Um, it's just been so wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's truly a pleasure. And I'm so excited to listen to so many more of these episodes that you'll have coming out. Thank you.